This is BallotVox, the Pointer's ongoing coverage of the upcoming municipal election. Reporting today, San Graywall. Hi, everyone. We have Joel Whitnable of the Pointer with us, and we're going to talk about the municipal election on October 24th and our coverage. We, we wanted to set it up last week. We were just getting back into the swing of things after the summer off. And now we're going to set up the show, actually both of our podcasts, What's the Point and BallotVox, what we're going to do until the October 24th municipal election. And Joel, you can jump in and talk a little bit about why we wanted to cover off a lot of the candidates and try to bring candidates in to have these conversations and discussions. That's what we're going to use the podcasts for for the next few weeks. Rather than what we've tried to do through articles on the pointer in the past ahead of elections when, you know, we've had a million candidates and we're trying to figure out how to introduce them to to readers, to the audience, to the public, who's going to be voting, you know, in these elections and why you know, the articles haven't always been that successful in, in getting information across to the voters who, who need to know something about the people who are going to be on these ballots. Yeah, well, I think just off the start, it's critically important that anybody who's going to be voting in the upcoming municipal election, as you know, everybody should be, that they get to hear directly from these candidates that want to represent them. A profile or a Q&A that's in written form does provide a lot of value. I think that there is argument to be made that that can, you know, help people to get to know who this candidate is and sort of maybe where they stand on certain issues. But I think a lot of the times that information is taken with a grain of salt by readers because, you know, they know that the candidate has the time to to filter it, to refine their statements and really put up essentially a veneer of seem like they know what they're talking about or that they know the issues because they have the time to research them. But getting these candidates, the ones that are willing, hopefully we do get a strong response because, you know, both Brampton, Mississauga and Caledon, there are a lot of new faces coming forward who want to represent the people of Peel Region and opening the door to allow these candidates to come onto the podcast and talk with us to share their thoughts on critical issues that are happening across Brampton, across Mississauga, and across Caledon. Obviously, all three of those communities have very specific needs and challenges, but a lot of them also overlap across the region. There's a lot of complexity there. And I think, you know, we need candidates who understand those issues, who understand how they're interconnected and how a counselor at the local level needs to work, but also needs to be able to understand how they can interact and work with the upper levels of government, uh, whether that's the region appeal, the province, or even the federal government, getting them on the podcast, getting them to speak to these issues, asking them questions directly is a much more transparent way to inform the voters. It's also easier for the voters to digest. They can listen to it while they're cooking dinner, or they can listen to it while they're out for a run or whatever, they don't have to sit down and invest the time to read. Because I know that that is very difficult. You know, when you're in a ward that has 16 different candidates that all want to run, they all maybe have websites, they all have all of these things that they're saying, that's a lot for one person to have to try and figure out. Being able to get these people on, get them talking amongst one another, get them and their thoughts on key issues, I just think it'll be way more digestible. And as we know, Sam, and I'll throw it back to you, there's a lot of races coming up in Mississauga, Brampton, and Caledon, where there isn't an incumbent that's going to be there. So I think that those races in particular are very interesting because no matter what happens, it's going to be a new face at the council table. And that is imperative for all journalism outlets in Peel to make sure that the voters know everything they can about these people who want that seat. 
Yeah, and I would be remiss not to mention Niagara. We're really excited at the Pointer and Ballot Box, and what's the point to have launched the Pointer Niagara yesterday? We have a great group of board members, Liz Benyon, Patrick Robson, and Ed Smith, who are leading the coverage. They're steering things down in Niagara, and we are going to use Ballot Box and What's the Point to also introduce Niagara listeners and voters to some of the candidates. We're hoping to focus on at least a couple of the key mayoral races. Again, we don't know who will participate. You know, we don't we don't know who's going to accept our invitations to come on Ballot Box and What's the Point our two podcasts, but we hope we get a pretty decent take up and we'll figure out which key mayoral races of the 12 municipalities in Niagara where we're going to try to focus on for the podcasts. But certainly that's going to be more and more a part of our, our focus with Ballot Vox and what's the point. And yeah, to what you said, Joel, we're not exactly sure of the format. We'll have to see how it unfolds, but it, it'll be somewhere between a, a cross between a debate and a profile or a feature conversation conversation, a feature interview on radio. We're not going to set it up as a pure debate style. We'd like it to be a bit more conversational. You know, we hope we can get candidates who will not be as focused on their opponents in, you know, typical debate fashion, but will be with our help more you know, interested in, in talking about themselves, letting listeners know a little bit more about them. And, and most importantly, we want to really press them on their agenda campaigns ahead of elections, it's the only opportunity, especially at the municipal level, to get a candidate to commit to their vision, to commit to their platform. And then, you know, if they get elected, you can hold them to those commitments. And that's one of the things that we hope to do with with both podcasts is, for example, in, in Caledon or Brampton, someone who's running in a particular ward, what's your position on the 413 highway? You know, if elected, will they support the highway as the Caledon councillors, most of them, like Jennifer Innes, who's running for election as mayor because Alan Thompson is stepping down as mayor. And Jennifer Innes has, is she's supported the highway. I think she claims sometimes that she doesn't, but it's clear to everyone who's watched and observed properly that, you know, she's aggressively pushed the highway. And, and I'd like to know a little bit more about that and for other candidates, even in Mississauga. You know, what's your position if you're a candidate running for a ward in Mississauga? What's your position on inclusionary zoning? You know, it's a huge issue and the city is looking to adopt inclusionary zoning, you know, as a tool that would force council to bring on more affordable housing units. It would force the development industry and the construction industry to provide mixed-use housing, affordable housing, when they are planning these huge projects, all of the development along Mississauga's Lakeshore, you know, other projects across the city. You know, inclusionary zoning is going to be just an absolutely crucial, crucial feature of the planning future in Mississauga. And it's somewhat controversial. A lot of the development community, they do not like it. So I want to know some of these candidates are running. Are you just being propped up by developers? Are developers pumping a lot of money into your your campaigns and then you're going to be beholden to them? Or are you a candidate who's saying, well, no, I'm going to be running to bring on more affordable housing because that's what citizens need. That's what the residents of Mississauga so desperately need. That's what more and more young people and families and newcomers need. 
They need affordable housing. And I want to know if you're running in Mississauga, what your position on that is. You know, in Brampton, there's so many issues. Like I said, in Caledon, Niagara, Joel, you just wrote the big piece on incentive giveaways, these CIPs, these community improvement plan benefits or grants, you know, that have been going on in Niagara where developers who are building luxury condos and often, you know, making a lot of money off them. I, I know it's it's been a more difficult environment for builders these last couple of years uh, as inflation has, you know, skyrocketed building costs and labor costs have uh, gone through the roof. But generally, you know, a lot of the developers do very well on these luxury condos. And you covered the issue about whether or not taxpayers in Niagara you know, should be subsidizing these developers, giving like millions of dollars, you know, in some cases, like $7 million to one developer for these incentives. And the community is supposed to get, you know, benefits back. But as you reported, that's usually not the case. So I want to know if you're a candidate in, in any of the Niagara municipalities, do you support using CIPs, these benefits, these incentives in that way? Or will you maybe run on a platform to end those sort of gifts to developers? I mean, there's so many issues, major, major concerns in Peel. Just the horrific tragedy yesterday in terms of, you know, the shooting of a Toronto police officer and another person dead in Milton, a gentleman, a business owner and crime and public safety is just it's such a big concern in, in parts of Mississauga and Brampton. And I am not seeing a lot of the candidates early, but I'm not seeing a lot of the candidates, you know, lay out a plan for public safety, for crime, you know, violent crime. Would you try to get on the police board? Mayor Patrick Brown sat on the police board, Brampton, Mayor Patrick Brown, the first two years of his mayoral term. And, you know, I, I was going back through the record to try to find anything he brought forward, like any strong budget item, policy move, any other type of legislative move that he did on the policing file to really, really ask the tough questions or get solutions or put funding towards potential solutions to change policy to at the very least demand that we like focus on these issues that are impacting so many citizens, so many people across Brampton and Mississauga, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find one thing that he had done. And yet, you know, he'll be on his press conferences and all over social media, giving his condolences to people who are the victims of violent crime. Well, you were on the police services board. You know, I'd like to ask Bonnie Crombie the same thing. She's the mayor of Mississauga. She sat on the police services board pretty much since she became mayor of Mississauga. And, you know, she's done some good work, for example, on the carding file, which we always mention. But as I've said, Bonnie Crombie can't keep using her strong stance on carding as the only example of progressive policing or progressive action that she took as a member of the police services board. So I'd like to get, you know, Bonnie Crombie on one of the podcasts and, and say to her, put her feet to the fire. Like, what are you committing to do? I can pretty much guarantee she's going to get reelected, but, you know, it, it should be framed as a campaign position. But realistically, she's going to be the mayor again. She's she's likely going to stay on the police services board. Here's our opportunity to find out. Bonnie Crombie, tell us three tangible things you are going to do at the board level the board which oversees and directs governance of the police force. I want to know what she is going to do to address violent crime, increased crime in certain areas, certain types of crime in Mississauga and Brampton. I mean, again, there's so many other questions for, you know, other candidates, you know, huge growth pressures in Peel. 
And yeah, I think it's a real opportunity. I'm quite excited. We've already had a, a, a really good response from candidates. We've had a number. We, I think we've had over three dozen candidates that have already reached out to the pointer asking for coverage and letting us know that they're running and hoping we can do something with them. So we're going to reach out to all of them. Uh, maybe not all of them, but we're going to pick the key ward races in Mississauga and Brampton. We're going to try to get the Caledon mayors on. We'll try to get the Brampton mayoral candidates, the Mississauga mayoral candidates. And like I said, we'll pick probably at least one, if not two of the, of the more, uh, high profile or impactful. I don't want to suggest that, you know, in Niagara, some of the municipal races aren't as important. They're all very important. But, you know, St. Catharines obviously, you know, seems to affect a lot of what happens in Niagara region. It, it's a big municipality. It's a very complex jurisdiction. So we'll likely try to get some of the candidates from uh, St. Catharines, but yeah, that, that's what we're hoping to do. And we wanted to lay a little bit of, of that to you and we'll set some ground rules. And yeah, Joel, going back to you and, and then we'll wrap it up. We're not doing a very long show today because we just wanted to set this up for listeners what to expect. Friday, we've already lined up candidates for Friday on what's the point. So we'll be kicking off these shows focused on candidates starting Friday on what's the point. But Joel, I'll throw it back to you. If you could talk a little bit more about some of the challenges that we've had in the past, and I think a lot of print-based journalism outlets, so newspapers, et cetera, the challenges of trying to do thing, these things through articles like, oh, meet the candidates and, oh, here's everything you need to know ahead of the election, you know, and here's a write-up or here's a thumbnail of, you know, who's running, you know, where. If you could talk a little bit about why that's so limiting, well, I think just in the, the its print form, it's obviously like, or even just online, those sorts of things can only give the voter so much information. What do you really need to know about a candidate when you're going to vote for them? You obviously want to know some of the, the pedigree information and their background. And these sort of things can provide that, you know, their employment history and, and those sorts of things. But it, it's like I said at the start, I just don't think that those things really provide a in-depth look at where a candidate stands on an issue or whether they truly understand the problem. Because like I said, when you get a questionnaire, you can just go to the internet and take a bunch of information from there, do a bit of research for 20 minutes, and then plug in an answer to a questionnaire and send it off to that media outlet. And it can maybe make it look like you know what you're talking about. But I think when you actually have a conversation and get somebody to really discuss their thoughts or where they stand on particular issues, whether it is like you said, Sen, whether it's crime, whether it's development pressure, or whether it's the environment and climate change, issues at the municipal level that are so, so pertinent now because of the Ford government's re-election and their absolutely abysmal record on the environment and climate change. A Q&A with a candidate, whether it appears online or in a print newspaper, can't really give the reader a comprehensive look at where a candidate stands or how they understand these issues or what they want to do. I think just getting them on not only gets the, the reader a sense of sort of who they are in sort of when they're talking and speaking, getting a sense of them as a candidate, it just I think gives them, them a more of an opportunity to share their thoughts and their beliefs on these particular issues, which I think is very important. Just very simply, those Q&As, those meet the candidates, how long have those been going on for? I've been covering municipal politics for close to 10 years, and I've seen them every single election, 
whether it's municipal, provincial, or federal. The media likes to do the exact same thing because they know that it works. It's easy. They have a system to do it. And honestly, I think readers are just fed up with it. They're bored with it. It doesn't give them yeah, what I'm they not, want. I'm not, I'm not sure that they know that it works. I just think <laughs> they know that that's the way they've done it always. Yeah. It's like it's that old odd adage, oh, well, that's how we've always done it. Exactly. And, and I think that readers are sort of just tired of it. They see it and whether whether like not to say that the these media outlets are doing a bad job of it, it's that sometimes the candidates only do the bare minimum, whereas they'll just fill it out to make sure that they get something on there to make it so that they don't have one of those, oh, this candidate did not respond. Or they do a really good job of it, but the reader, having seen these things for years, doesn't even take a look at it because it's like, oh, I'm not gonna read that. I'm bored with it. So doing it in an audio form like this, where it's a little bit more dynamic, it's a little bit more engaging, will benefit the people of Peel and the people of Niagara, because we definitely need to increase the engagement around the municipal election. Everybody says it, but it's very, very hard to actually implement it to practice. But the municipal government is the one, the municipal level is the government that affects your life the most. And it's the one that we should be the most engaged in, but it's the opposite. People are always following what's happening at Ottawa or what's happening with Ford and the local level gets sort of forgotten and the media is partially to blame for that. But I think that increasing this engagement through this medium can really make a difference. Yeah. And I think the podcast approach in terms of what we hope to do with BallotVox and what's the point the next few weeks will also cut through a lot of problems that I've seen leading into elections, whether it's the provincial election, the federal election, or in this case, the municipal election, where the voters, they don't get the version of the candidate that's going to be the version of the elected official who's now representing them. So you go in and you see some slick produced social media, whatever literature they put out and send to your door, they've got representatives, they might have a team, but then, you know, they get elected and you find out, wait a second, that this individual is not very well spoken. This individual can't articulate their thoughts. They're not particularly expressive. They're sitting on the back bench for four years or in council. You know, they sit there and they don't even weigh in, you know, on any of the crucial issues. They get appointed to the boards, you know, the utility boards. And like I said, the police board, like go watch a police board meeting. And, and tell me, like, you know, some of the, the individuals, they're not all elected officials. Some of them are appointed. But in general, I watch the police board meetings and I don't see the board members say one thing. We've got a crisis in Peel with Peel police around, you know, use of force and discriminatory use of force and racial profiling. And for the most part, the black community has been, you know, the target of this discriminatory policing for decades. And when these issues are brought up, serious issues with really, really crucial points of engagement where board members like have to weigh in. They have to tell the public what they are doing, what their position is. They have to show that they care, that they're engaged, that they're taking steps, they're taking action. And what do we see at police services board meetings in Peel? Crickets. You'll see big presentations, delegations by the public, and then it'll, it'll go to the board members to speak to it. And, and many of them won't say a word and again, like I said, they're not all elected, but it's the same thing for school trustees. You know, a whole bunch of people are running. We've got major issues 
both boards, the Catholic board and the PDSB, the public board in Peel, I'm sure it's the same in Niagara, but we know, for example, at PDSB, huge issues. Like the board was singled out as the only board in Ontario that had its trustees stripped of their governance role because of what they had done to foster systemic racism and discrimination in the board for decades. So a provincial supervisor was appointed. And when some of these issues were being addressed, you'd see these trustees silent weren't even informed, didn't even have the knowledge, didn't even care to look into these issues, didn't engage with them whatsoever. Well, the campaign is the time to figure out, you know, these candidates for school trustee, for council, for the mayor, you know, in various jurisdictions. If we bring them onto a podcast, do they know what they're talking about? Are they well-spoken? Can they articulate thoughts well? Do they present well? Are they, you know, really informed on the issues? In podcasts, we're going to be able to find out a lot more about those things. And that's why I'm excited about doing it this way. And we're not going to rely so much on the print product of the pointer, our web product, this this election. And we're going to see how it goes. I mean, it might not go well, like if no one agrees to come on and we end up talking amongst ourselves, that's not going to be good. But let's see how it goes. We're really excited. Joel, thanks for being on to all of you listening. Uh, as I said, you can expect the first conversation with candidates on Friday on what's the point. And next week on Ballot Box, we will also have candidates on the show for hopefully will be a really good, fulsome discussion about the issues, about themselves. And that's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. was hosted by Sam Graywall, produced by yours truly. Join us next week for the Pointers continuing coverage of the upcoming municipal election. I'm Jeff Chalmers. Thank you for listening. Talk to you then.